Welcome back to Arguing with the Internet. In today's episode, we're considering the question, should we have empathy for everyone? Now, if you're not familiar with the show, what we do here is we find arguments on the internet, people talking about this topic, and we try to dissect the good arguments from the bad arguments, and try to figure out the best way to think about this issue. Uh, With that, I think you had the first internet argument for us, Matt. Yep. Uh, This one, per usual, comes from Reddit. So this person is asking a question, but within the question, they've got a bit of an argument themselves as well. Uh, The question, why would someone have empathy for people who do bad things that hurt other people? Is there a benefit I am missing about empathy for bad people? Why should I feel empathy towards drug addicts or murderers? Am I missing something? I feel like the people who empathize with these awful humans are just trying to give themselves credit as enablers. We all make choices. I'm saying that my energy and effort to put myself into someone's shoes is not warranted by those who continually make bad choices or choices that harm others. I seriously would like to understand. So he's got a bit of an argument there. But before we jump in, uh, we'll introduce the second and then come back. So the reply is, because one of the most important steps to stopping people from doing bad things in the future is to understand why people do bad things. So pretty short and sweet reply here. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get into it, let's let's return, I think, to the question. The idea is basically just that perhaps we should not be empathetic to everyone. Why? Because some people have done heinous things. And it's not worth, in this person's words, uh, to expend our energy and effort to put ourselves in their shoes because it's not warranted. These people have hurt other people, right? Sometimes in very serious ways. Why would you want to be empathetic with them? No, I think this is a, it's an interesting argument and it gets into, I think something we should talk about is different types of empathy and, Mm -hmm. or, you know, a definition of empathy because people use this term in different ways. And so, you know, the, the second, like the, the second commenter might be pointing to was, uh, called cognitive empathy. Uh, so the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes to understand someone else's perspective. Uh, but they could also be talking about uh, emotional or affective empathy, which is uh, actually feeling what someone else is feeling. So if you mm-hmm. see someone suffering, you might, you know, see someone who's sad, you might feel sad as well. Um, and they're two different, you know, people use them interchangeably, but they do mean two very different things. And so, right. I think the uh, the response to this, you know, why you should care about these people who do bad things, it could be on the cognitive angle. Just, you know, if you put yourself in someone else's shoes or try to understand their experience, that can give you insights um, into why the person acts this way. And, you know, maybe you could prevent things like this happening in the future if you understand mm-hmm. the causes of these sorts of actions. Right. So when we're talking about empathy, there's a distinction to be made between actually feeling as someone else does and merely being able to uh, conceive of the way in which someone else feels, right? Like mm-hmm. the difference between actually sharing the feelings and being able to, to, to imagine how it must be for them, given their perspective. 
something like that. Right. And so yeah. perhaps uh, the commenter, the person responding to the question, is arguing that, well, at least this form of empathy is useful, right? Understanding why these people have uh, done what they've done requires us to understand, maybe in part, um, how they feel. But that doesn't mean necessarily that we ought to try and feel the way that they do. Something right. like that. Yeah, they could, they could be making that case too. I mean, it's, you know, it's a pretty short response. Short. So I don't, I don't know exactly what, what they're thinking. But um, yeah, I mean, there is that question of, you know, the, the differences between emotional and cognitive empathy and their function. So you could think of someone as being like a, a cold, calculating, mm-hmm. you know, robot almost that like feels cognitive empathy in the sense that they understand how other people, um, like what they feel or why they do things, what they believe, that understand their experiences. Uh, but maybe they, you know, can't feel what other people are feeling. Like, is that sufficient to, like, is that all you need for empathy right. or do you actually need that right. emotional component to sort of feel what other people feel? Is that something that adds value to right. um, taking someone's perspective? Further question related uh, to what you've just said. Um, might it be necessary for us to do the feeling as someone else does to actually understand why they've done something? Right? Mm-hmm. Is it possible for us to understand why someone has done what they have without actually knowing how they felt at the time. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the right answer to that is. Um, but what we're getting out of this first uh, post is that it seems like, at least to some people, maybe it's not worth empathizing with some because of what they've done, right? It's some people, in other words, aren't worthy of being empathized with. Um, so this notion of worth, I think, is an interesting one, right? Like, who is worthy of empathy and who isn't? Um, maybe in some cases, like the ones, or at least some of the ones that this person mentions, like murderers, um, cold-blooded killers, right? Maybe many people would agree. Oh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's worth empathizing with this person. But um, I'm not sure it's going to be universally the case for all uh, for for all people you might typically cast aspersions upon. For example, in the posting, this person says that they don't feel as though they should have empathy towards drug addicts. Mm. I think there's a lot of room to think that drug addicts are in tragic situations that they do deserve right. some compassion uh, or empathy, um, right? It doesn't seem like they've necessarily done anything uh, dramatically harmful to anyone else. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure that this, I'm not sure how we would settle this issue of worth, right? Who was worth having, who who is, who is worthy of having our empathy and who isn't? And I don't think right. all cases are going to be as clear cut as like an obvious cold blooded murder. Yeah. I mean, they're painting with a pretty broad brush here. I mean, yeah, like you said, drug addicts, I don't know. Like, I mean, people do judge drug addicts, but you could definitely, like, it's weird to put them in the same category as like murderers. Mm-hmm. Cause you can definitely understand, you know, especially with like the opioid crisis. Yeah. Uh, you know, other, 
you know, the crack epidemic of the eighties. I mean, there's like, yeah, there are a lot of people who were um, getting hooked on drugs so much so that you can't just think of it as a personal failing or it's hard to see it as a personal failing when it's happening at such a large scale right. like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, like, yeah, there is that question of, you know, should you draw the line somewhere? So like, you know, a, a most heinous example might be like a, someone who abuses children. Mm. Um, but an, an argument you could make is that understanding like why abusers, you know, do that behavior could help you prevent it in the future. So, you know, people that were abused as children often right. grow up to abuse children uh, when they grow up. Right. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily excuse their behavior. Um, you can still hold them accountable, but to understand why they did that, you know, at least like cognitively to just sort of understand what happened to them yeah. uh, to create that, you know, that, that could have value for sure. I think that's what the responder is trying to get at, but um it's it seems pretty clear in those cases specifically that what's required there might not like necessarily be empathy. Uh, and we can go about trying to gain some kind of like clinical understanding of someone, you know, like for for example, what you mentioned that abuse kind of begets more abuse, right? Mm-hmm. This kind of thing can be studied clinically in a very detached kind of way. Um, it doesn't seem necessarily to require that we feel empathy uh, for the perpetrator in order to understand why it's being carried out. Perhaps empathy would be required to understand how strongly the perpetrator felt compelled to do these horrible things. Uh, And so we can't fully understand the phenomena without some kind of empathy. But if we're just looking at like, the causal nature behind the the problem behavior, right? It doesn't seem like empathy is strictly speaking necessary. Right. Cause you could have like a supercomputer, let's say that mm. like new, like basically like why everybody does everything or like why every physical interaction happens. And maybe this isn't possible. Like, you know, Related to our free will episode, like maybe you can't have something like this, but mm-hmm. if there was like a supercomputer powerful enough to sort of know why people did the things they did, like would that supercomputer kind of know, um, like, is that the same as empathy? Sort of just knowing the causal chain of events, right. so like why certain things happen. It's like, is that empathy or is that something different? Like it, it doesn't right. seem like the way that at least people typically use the term. I suppose then what you need to get clear on is what your goal is, right? If your goal is to um, be able to prevent these kinds of happenings, crimes, whatever, in the future, um, then maybe all you really need to know is what the supercomputer can tell you, right? Mm -hmm. These are the things that led up to it. These are the things that all of these kind of events have in common causally, right? So if you want to intervene, you should intervene on this uh, aspect, right? Uh, but if your goal is to maybe understand um, uh, the feelings of the person involved, then you're going to need something like empathy to do the job. So I guess what we're we're seeing then from this first post is whether or not that part of empathy uh, everyone is worthy of. Right. Whether or not everyone is worthy of us extending ourselves to try to 
feel as they do, right? To understand how they feel, not just uh, why they do what they do. Right. Now, yeah, there definitely could be benefits empathy beyond just sort of, you know, understanding why someone did their behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's something we'll, some of the other arguments we'll get into, touch on a little more. Yeah, um, certainly. Yeah. So, but so far we've gotten interesting distinctions between different conceptions of empathy, right? There's, there seems to be different kinds of empathy, actually feeling as someone else does and kind of understanding why someone acts the way they do. Right. Um, right. One of them seems to allow for a more cold, uh, calculated approach, uh, while the other seems to require us to take on a more, um, deliberate role in adopting someone else's perspective. Maybe it's not the case that everyone's deserving of that latter kind. But uh, what we're hearing from the reply here is that it might be in our best interest to extend the other kind of empathy more globally, right? It might be in our best interest to understand why people do what they do. we're going to see more on that, I think, in the next couple of next couple of arguments. But I think this one's a good introduction to the problem at large. Um, right. Yeah, let's jump to you the want next to move one. On? Yeah. OK, let's move on. Yeah. So this one also comes from Reddit, so from the unpopular opinion subreddit. And so this poster says, as a diagnosed psychopath, ASPD, so that's antisocial personality disorder, empathy gets too much credit. Empathy is often regarded as the personality trait that is altruistic and keeps the world from being completely cold and evil. Narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, whatever you want to call us, etc., are all regarded as evil because they lack empathy. At its core, empathy is far more selfish trait than sympathy and logic. In order to empathize, it is argued that someone has to be able to actually feel what it is like to be in another person's shoes, meaning they imagine and feel themselves in the position of others. I argue that it takes more kindness to be unable to feel what others feel, but to then still make moral choices that are not self-serving, regardless of personal indifference to the plight of others. It is easy easy to do right by others when you can focus on how you would feel in their stead. It is more difficult and requires more character strength to be able to still do what is considered the morally right thing while using other faculties like sympathy and reason. Yeah, so this person, so you see uh, that's... Probably the common description of psychopaths, sociopaths, whatever you want to call them, is mm-hmm. people who don't have empathy, uh, which is probably not correct necessarily given our distinction here. So that like cognitive empathy, being able to understand uh, other people's perspectives, beliefs, that sort of stuff, they do have that. It's really the emotional aspect of mm-hmm. it, like feeling what other people feel um, that is diminished. Uh, so this person is making the case that they don't have that emotional aspect and they're sort of that emotional aspect is overrated at least like it's not uh, well, they're making a couple of different arguments here, but uh, you know, one of them that they're not evil just because they lack right. that, but also that that emotional empathy is, is, is overblown the importance of it. Right. That it's not as a uh, great a strength of character as many people think that it is. Right. That in fact, acting, uh, with other people in regard, so acting well in regards to other people without empathy, they're suggesting, is uh, emblematic of far better character than if you were only doing it because you're a naturally an empathetic person, right? Right, and that's that's an interesting 
argument. I mean, some people do make that argument that, you know, if you like, I don't know if you're chased, let's say like it's in your religion, like it's mm-hmm. good to be chased. Like if you're in an environment, like if you're in a monastery, for instance, and there's no one around, uh, to, for you to break your faith with, like that's not as right worthy than if you're surrounded by, right. You know, suitors or whatever like if you don't have the opportunity uh, to transgress you haven't actually shown your devotion to your duty right right yeah, yeah for sure uh there are similar lines of thought that run through kant's work Immanuel kant right where the notion of doing your doing your moral duty well for kant would require you to do your duty for duty's sake not because it's uh because you're naturally inclined to want to do it so, for example, if you really, really just love helping old people cross the street when they need it, um, you don't get any credit for that, right? You don't get any moral credit for that. But if you don't love doing it, right? In fact, maybe you despise helping old people across the street, but you do it anyway because you think it's your moral duty, that is praiseworthy. Right. That's praiseworthy. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're doing it for the duty's sake. So similarly, this person is arguing that, well, look, I treat other people well, uh, not because I feel uh, the way they do or because I pretend to feel the way that they do, but because I um, I express this conscious effort. You know, I am intentionally sympathetic. Uh, I use my reason to uh, uh, decide what I'm going to do when it involves other people, right? I don't just rely on this empathetic process. So they're arguing they should get more credit than other people, more or less, right? You should get more credit. Right. Yeah, which is, I don't, know, I don't know what the implication of that is. I mean, like, on the one hand, it could just be that we should hold psychopaths people that don't have emotional empathy if they do have good behavior if they act morally we should hold them in a higher regard Mm -hmm. than people who do have emotional empathy right Uh, but the other implication would be that like we shouldn't have emotional empathy or it's like somehow a cheating or like it's a cheap way of like like if you are moral because it's sort of in your nature if it's easy to be moral like that's somehow like cheap and I don't know if the implication is like, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't have that. Or if it's just maybe this person is kind of like personal grudge or like, uh, you know, they feel that they've, you know, people treat them poorly. I mean, they they say that like people regard psychopaths as evil, Mm -hmm. uh, which certainly if they're feeling like people are judging them like that, but that's understandable. Yeah. I think there's some good and bad to, to this post. I think, um, they are right to suggest that uh, the lack of empathy does not necessarily mean that you are in some way a bad person, right? That you mm-hmm. are in some way incapable of being moral, right? I I do agree that that is true. Um, it doesn't seem like I need to feel exactly the way that you do in order for me to, to treat you as though you have moral worth, right? Like... Mm-hmm. When I go to uh, contribute to charity, for example, that is going to benefit children uh, far across the globe that who I will never meet, have any contact with, uh, who are starving, right? Well, I don't know them. I don't know what kind of life they're living other than that they're in dire circumstances. And I don't know what it's like to starve. 
I don't have to have those feelings in order to try to help them, right? So it doesn't seem to be the case that I need to have this kind of emotional, like shared emotional kind of empathy um, in order to do what's right by someone else. So I think this person is right in suggesting that. But on the other hand, I think they're very concerned with diminishing empathy, which I don't necessarily agree with. Because as they're suggesting, it is the case that if you're empathetic with other people naturally, I think it follows that you'll be more inclined to treat them well, right? If you are naturally more empathetic, you're naturally going to uh, want to consider others when you go to, to decide what you're going to do, right? Um, does that make it somehow cheaper or easier to do this kind of moral reasoning than if you had to go about it using reason purely? Perhaps, but if what we care about are just the, the consequences or the effects, right, that other people are taking other people into consideration when deciding what to do. What does it matter, right? Who cares how you get there so long as you do? And if empathy is the easier way to get people there, all the better for it. Right. That's that's an interesting point because I think that you know, that might actually be controversial. Like that empathy, emotional empathy produces a better state mm-hmm. of affairs morally. So like, uh, like Paul Bloom, psychologist, argued in the book against empathy. Uh, yeah, the title is maybe slightly misleading because he's for cognitive empathy, <laughs> but against emotional empathy. Right. So, like, against feeling what other people are feeling, uh, because it can lead you astray and lead you to make moral choices that are not ideal from a consequentialist perspective. So they don't produce right. the best, like the the greatest good. Let's say. So an example would be. You know, you see, uh, you know, you see a child who's like in dire need, let's say, um, and you know, it could be a child in America, uh, you see in the, on the street or like one of your family members even, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is living in poverty, let's say, or like mm-hmm. poor conditions, like not necessarily life, life threatening, but like really bad conditions. And so you give that person money in order to improve their circumstance, uh, you know, it can make the case that that money could have been better spent elsewhere. Like maybe if you gave that same amount of money to someone in a developing country oh, I see. for mosquito nets or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that, then you could save a life for the same amount of money. You would have just improved right. the condition of life for someone who's closer to you. So maybe like the emotional pull that we feel from things that we see in people close to us can lead us to make decisions that are you know, not producing the, the best bank for the buck. Yeah, I think there's room to push back there, though, right? Like, I, I understand the move, which is to say that, like, uh, it, if you allow for empathy in this way, you're going to end up uh, over-prioritizing those that you have empathy with, right? Which which tend to be local to you, right? <clears throat> but you could push back in the defense of empathy by saying, uh, well, this just shows that we haven't been doing enough where empathy is concerned. It doesn't show that empathy is is bad at motivating moral behavior. It shows that we actually need to broaden our horizons where empathy is concerned. Actually do try to be empathetic with that, uh, that uh, stranger across the world, right? Uh, do try to consider them as like a global family 
rather than um, some uh, faceless being across the side the on the other side of the earth, right? And so I think right. there's so, in that, and there's still a way to preserve the empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's because you know, I think it's an interesting point because yeah, I mean people have more empathy or care more about like their family members, let's say, than people like mm-hmm. from a different country and completely different culture. Um, so that's one aspect of it where, you know, you could have more empathy for people that are different from you mm-hmm. and that can sort of alleviate that preference. But then there's other situations like, uh, so like the effective altruists, the people that try to, you know, do the most good. Um, they're basically like utilitarians, like trying to produce the best, the most good, um, the best, you know, what they call utility. So like, uh, you know, pleasure minus pain or however you want to define that. Right. Um, they'll point to things like, you know, maybe there's, there's things that you can't really empathize with. Like there's, uh, pollution. Uh, so like if, uh, there's like certain, I don't know, things that are like, they don't have like a specific victim. So like maybe like pollutants in the air will cause people to die earlier Yeah. or have a lower quality of life, but it doesn't, right affecting one in a really profound way. And so it's mm-hmm. like hard to be moved by that in terms of empathy. You really have sure. to have that kind of cold logic sure. uh, to come to that conclusion. So maybe in that way, empathy can kind of lead us astray. Well, perhaps, but again, I think there's room to push back because you can say, no, I think that empathy is uh, an important ingredient or perhaps even sufficient for generating moral feeling. Um, while it need, while it need not be a necessary one. Right. So you can get towards mm, productive moral feeling or um, moral reasoning, even in the absence of empathy. Again, I, I, I think it would be a mistake to deny that. Right. And so mm-hmm. when reasoning about these kinds of harms that are, are going to be more disparately experienced and not experienced by any one particular individual, thus making it very difficult to try to empathy our way into understanding it. Right. Um, yeah, this sounds like an area for reasoning. Right. This sounds like an area for calculated reasoning. It does not follow, though, from that, that empathy is by and large a bad way to go about feeling our way through the moral landscape. Right. Um, OK, the, there are exceptions. Sure. That doesn't mean empathy's bad. Um, so I still think there's there's room to push back here. Now, uh, where pl- where you mentioned Bloom. I mean, he has a lot of different arguments <laughs> against uh, against empathy, right? And one of them is that they can take a toll. Empathy can take a toll on the person empathizing, right? Um, if you actually do go about trying to feel the way that others do, you're going to suffer as a result of that, right? You Evidence shows that those who are more empathetic suffer more depression. They suffer more anxiety, right? Mm. Um, you're you're going to suffer as a result of trying to feel the way other people do. It can be taxing. There might also be an upper limit on how much it's possible, right? You might have absorbed too much at some point, right? Further, it might be the case that it's being empathetic with someone isn't always good for them, right? It might be the case, like if I'm in trouble, for example, and I desperately need a solution to get out of the problem I'm in now, 
it might be that the last thing that I need is for someone to come along and try to feel exactly the same way I do. Now, I'm in anguish. I need someone who is in a state of more uh, of being more clear headed at this moment to help me out. That requires a kind of detachment, right? That, that this kind of shared feeling style of empathy might not provide. Um, those, I think, are, are Bloom's stronger arguments at um, trying to drive us away right. from empathy where moral concerns are. Yeah. Now, I want to get... So I want to touch on like the first point you made. So yeah. empathy can cause us distress, essentially, and, and it, it can, in some situations, paralyze us. So if we feel too mm-hmm. strongly... Like, you know, for instance, if you see, if you walk by like a homeless person every day, right, and, like you feel so bad for that person that like, you know, you just change your route. You like walk to a different oh, route sure. so you don't have to see them. Sure. That's not really solving a problem. Like you feel bad about the problem of homelessness and people right. not having enough, but instead of doing something about it, you just, you know, avoid that route. Like so empathy isn't really doing anything for you. It's actually detracting. Right. Um. So I think there is. I think that is an aspect of emotional empathy, but I wonder if it's completely tied to that. Like if you, because, um, so there's a, uh, personality index that psychologists use called the inter- interpersonal reactivity index that they use mm-hmm. to measure empathy. And there's four, um, different types of empathy for like subclasses. So one of them would be perspective taking, which is similar to cognitive empathy, like putting yourself in someone else's shoes. There's empathetic concern, which is, you know, being moved by someone's experience, like, and wanting to do something to alleviate that. There's like a fantasy element, which is kind of weird. It's like, if you're reading like a, a novel or something, you sort of you put yourself into the characters, oh, sure. mm-hmm. choose sort of like you become part of the story, something like that. And then the other one is personal distress, which is related to what we were talking about, mm. uh, where you, you know, are moved by someone's emotional state, but in a way that is, maladaptive or like it, it causes you distress yeah and those two are not i mean so like the empathetic concern and the personal distress are not directly related so like you can be high on one and low on the other mm-hmm. and so one of the reasons i like i read about this because there was this uh, uh big study for or like this uh impactful study from like 2010 of looking at college students sympathetic uh scores and using this index and they've gone down over time so okay. from like this late seventies to 20, 2009. And so like the personal distress, that measure did not change, but empathetic concern and perspective take, did go down. So you can have, you know, changes in one without changes in the other. Uh, so yeah, so this was what I wanted to push back on. was like, maybe that's not, you can have emotional empathy without having this like bad aspect of this two things you can maybe divorce. Okay. So yet another kind of distinction to be made where, where empathy is concerned. So are you suggesting then that the the distress component might be overall might be an overall negative when it comes to moral appraisals? Well, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I wonder if there is. So I think a, a little bit could be good. I mean, at least intuitively, being a little bit distressed by someone's suffering could cause you to you know, do something about that, something that's positive. Mm-hmm. But it could also cause you to do something that's negative. It really depends on the right. level. So. I, I yeah, certainly understand too much distress. I think your example is a good one. I think that if you're, if you do experience like a great enough degree of distress, um, you might want to 
avoid that source of distress in the future, which means you're not really going to be doing anything to help. Um, which does seem problematic where moral choice is concerned, right? Um, but I've, I've, I want to think that that only happens when it's not clear what you can do. Right. If it seems like there is some course of action you could take, I'm not sure distress leads to that kind of resignation. Um, perhaps I'm not sure. On this conversation, people talk about um, rather than uh, distress caused by empathy, they talk about distress caused by fear and how that can lead to resignation more than more than they do empathy. But I think the two bodies of literature can kind of merge on this point. The idea is that appeals to fear, for example, like causing you to appreciate how dire a problem is by, by instigating fear of the problem can be very good because it helps you recognize the salience of the problem, like how, how dire the circumstances really are. But if you don't provide some kind of opportunity for resolving the source of fear, it's going to lead towards resignation, which is not good for motivating action. I think we can say the same thing about uh, empathy here, especially distressed caused from this kind of shared feeling empathy, right? Um, it could, I think, make some things more salient. It could show you, like, if I try to feel the way you do, I might, m in a much greater way, appreciate what you're going through. But mm -hmm. if it's not clear to me how to go about trying to address the problem, I think you're right. It's going to lead towards something like avoidance or just resignation, which in this case would be like despair, right? It's just going to lead to mm -hmm. a, like unproductive despair. Um, but at the same time, I still think there's something there. There's something about uh, the possibility of empathy making the situation more salient, right? Like I, I think of, for example, like Emmett Till's mother, uh, her choice mm. to have uh, her son's funeral open casket, right? That choice right. was very intentional, right? It was it was to show the nation uh, how how she felt, to get them to feel the way she felt by showing them the horrors of racism, right? Her uh, her sadness, her disgust at what had happened, are things that you feel when you look on the body of Emmett Till, right? And in doing so, the salience, the how dire the situation really is, is communicated, right? It spurns action, right? It gets us to do something. It motivates us uh, rather than uh, forces us into a position of despair and avoidance, right? So I, I think it's a fine line, but I do think that there empathy does have some potential usefulness uh even when we're talking about empathy in this uh like shared misery or shared feelings and mm -hmm. yeah uh, i think that's a good point because yeah i wonder about your example with emma tell so like mm -hmm. if you are you like i say if people only had the cognitive empathy they can only put them you know understand sort of logically what other people are going through right i, I don't know if you would get the same kind of Cause for action that's right. Yeah. That, that motivate um, like big societal changes and 
civil rights or what have you. Uh, because, you know, just sort of understanding the facts is not the same as like really feeling, um, especially cause you, you can put, you can better put yourselves in their shoes because you, you know, you think of like, you know, if you had a kid, like right. what if your kid ended up like right. that. And, Precisely. Um, it's much more than just sort of thinking about it. And, and I feel like also with the cognitive aspect, if you're just sort of like, Looking at it from a cold reason perspective, you could kind of—I feel like you can rationalize a little better. You could say like, "Well, yeah, this is—you know—how often does this really happen?" Or like, maybe mm-hmm. it's just a one-off event, or you know. But right, yeah, having the emotional component to it really like brings it home and let you let you see these injustices, right? Um, better attend to them. No, for sure. I think when you take the the more like detached approach, you can recognize that it's morally bad, right? That this 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 situation is not a good one. But at the end of the day, if you if you're not taking this empathetic perspective, well, it's it's another it's another lynching that happened down south, right? It's just another mark on the tally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it it's more than that. Why? Because you're forced to confront it, right? You're forced to confront the reality. You're forced to feel the way that these people do. Uh, because the because the imagery forces you to right um so yeah i don't, I don't know i do think there is a, a role for this kind of empathy to play that being said going back to the purpose of this this post that you introduced i don't think it's strictly speaking necessary for uh for morality right i do agree with this person that you can get there by different paths Right. You can be like a very considerate person in a very careful, rational way. Right. I'm choosing each and every time I'm good to someone else to be good uh, for its own sake, not because I feel like you do or anything like that. Not because I recognize that we're in this boat together, or that, you know, we share these things. No, because I'm choosing to. Right. Fine. You do deserve, you know, some applause or whatever. Right? <laughs> Fine. Great. Um, that doesn't mean, however, that someone who reaches that same end because they feel for another person is doing it wrong. I think you can't get that further conclusion out of the first. Right. If 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 anything, they just are less praiseworthy than the person sure. who doesn't have emotional empathy but perhaps it still doesn't mean they're they're doing yeah. something wrong if you're a consequentialist it's not even clear that that's the case but yeah but yeah you're you're right under some views it might be the case that you're more praiseworthy if if you're just honor bound to being good <laughs> rather than doing it because you you really feel deeply for other people sure yeah yeah i think we should move on to the next one yeah um uh, so this next one is sort of a journey uh uh it's a it's a post that comes from the subreddit change my view which if you're not familiar um is this place where people uh post what they regard to be controversial opinions uh explain why they have the opinion that they do and try to elicit responses from the community in attempt to change their view right um so first up the person who is posting Uh, and their own view, and then we'll get to the response. Okay. 
I've had many conversations with people about horrible people and horrible events. Well, sometimes I've been presented with the, why would you ever want to empathize with blank? I don't think that empathy is something we only do to benefit others. We also use it as a tool to improve ourselves and can look at a monster's life and draw lessons and benefit from it, right? There's nothing inherently wrong with that, and it's reactionary to not try to put yourself in someone else's shoes just because they're a terrible person. Um, so should we discuss this before moving on to the response? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think we could start with that. I mean, I yeah. think it's an interesting perspective that empathy is, you know, think of it as being other oriented. That's mostly right. what we've been talking about, being aware of someone else's plight and doing something to alleviate that. But this person's arguing that it can actually have a benefit for your yourself right? Uh, to empathize with other people, which, you know, that's an interesting argument. Right. If you if you go with a view that the last person, the one that you introduced, was was disparaging, uh, where an empathy is a sign of like a virtuous person or something like that, then we can see very clearly why being empathetic to more people is going to benefit you because in some way it increases your virtue, right? But what this person is trying to suggest is something more nuanced than that. That no, actually being empathetic with other people can benefit us from the lessons that we can draw out of doing so, right? Um, it's it's an interesting idea. I'm not. They don't. Ex, they're they're not explicit with what they mean by lessons and how we can benefit from them. But I can't help but draw parallels between certain theories of dreaming and this idea of empathy. Right? Mm. There's there's this one notion of I'm, I'm sure being a neuroscientist, you know much more about this than me. But there, correct me if I'm wrong. There is this one theory of dreaming that it's like an opportunity for our brains to sort of try out scenarios without actually being in jeopardy right you get to try out uh how you would respond to certain kinds of potentially dangerous stimuli without ever being really exposed to risk is, is that sound familiar to you yeah that, that's something i've heard of um for sure and yeah that, that's an interesting idea um because yeah i mean you could yeah i haven't really thought of empathy that way but yeah you can imagine that with like uh, reading fiction, for instance, mm-hmm. like you're yes. exposed to other people's lives who may be very different from you. And maybe you can gleam certain insights about your own life that way. Um, but yeah, so, so I'm, again, I'm wondering if that's, if it requires the sort of emotional element. So again, we have the mm. distinction between like just sort of understanding someone and also like having emotions invoked in you. Like certainly you can get insight into other people's lives or like, oh, they did, they made this choice and now they're, a drug addict or whatever. They tried heroin right. once and now they're addicted to heroin. Like, I'm right. not going to do that. Um, but do you need the emotional element or does it add something, I guess, to have uh, the, the illicit, right. you know, eliciting emotion by understanding someone else? Yeah, I think that's a question we, we kind of keep coming back to. Uh, is the felt emotion necessary to understanding why someone does what they do? Mm, uh, perhaps. Uh, it's hard to say one way or the other, but uh, at least when we talk about certain kinds of killings, for example, there is already precedent for this kind of thing, right? Like, um, if you are overcome with feelings of uh, despair or something like that, it might be 
more understandable that you would commit certain kinds of violence or crime, right? Uh, whereas if you felt nothing at all while you were doing it, it seems like cold-blooded, right? In some way, it's worse. Like a crime of passion while still being bad is somehow, at least I think people would agree, uh, less bad than a cold, ruthless killing um, mm-hmm. for, for no particular reason whatsoever. So uh, to, to paint a picture, right? Like the kind of story you hear about um, like a, a woman who finds her husband in bed with another person, right? And, and decides to kill him, right? We can all accept that that's bad, uh, but it somehow seems less bad, at least to me, than someone like uh, the DC snipers, right, from mm. years ago, where the killings just seem utterly random, right? right. Um, both are bad. One seems worse. And without this kind of like understanding of how one feels, we might not be able to appreciate that distinction. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I guess there are multiple ways, um, to interpret this. So, yeah, I mean, you can have a better appreciation for what other people are going through to make better, you know, assessments about them. But, you know, I think you could... You could also make the case that this person's saying that, like, you know, this makes you a better person by understanding what other people are going through, by feeling other people's emotions. Sort of like, you know, the opposite of what we talked about before, but like, mm-hmm. you know, if you torture animals, even if animals don't matter, like, it still makes you a bad person, according to some views, at mm-hmm. least. So maybe the opposite right. is true, where if you feel what other people are feeling, uh, even if you don't necessarily do anything for them, like, it makes you a better you know, arbiter of moral judgment or like it, it, it just makes you a better person either through your future actions or just, I don't know mm. the way you understand things. It's uh, somehow more moral. I don't know. Yeah. But re- returning to this like dream analogy, this explanation of dream analogy that I made earlier, what if it's the case that um, in taking this kind of emotional empathy, wherein you try to share someone's feeling, um, you are sort of asking yourself, well, what would I have done if I felt the same way? Right? So uh, I entered the room and saw my husband in bed with someone else. Uh, she felt this way. So uh, I'm putting myself in her shoes. How would I act? Right? And if you come to the conclusion, Oh, I would have done much the same. Maybe this is important for mm. m- making moral uh, decisions, right? Um, yeah, maybe maybe it is important to uh, uh, fully appreciate the emotional content of a situation in order to uh, accurately describe the, its moral components. That's that's interesting because like. If we go back to like the supercomputer example, the supercomputer sort of knew all the facts of the case mm-hmm. of when someone murdered their spouse under different circumstances. You know, I don't, you know, I don't think it could understand it in the way that a human with emotions and with empathy mm-hmm. could. And so I don't know if they can make the same assessment. Like if you, you know, and also going back to like the psychopath example, like maybe your moral reasoning isn't the same if you're just going by like, the facts and sort of understanding 
just the basics, like non-emotionally how other people feel. Like maybe there is something missing there and like really having, you know, having that personal experience that's similar to the other person uh, that really does change your moral assessment. Um, Yeah. I I mean, you can think of any number of, of cases like this, right? Like uh, a, a, a completely fabricated thought experiment, right? Uh, you can imagine a parent having uh, to make a terrible choice between saving their own child and saving a stranger stranger's child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of us are going to accept uh, it as permissible that they save their own child, right? Like, um, because we can see that we would do the same, right? Mm-hmm. We can sort of empathize we can put ourselves in their shoes how they might have felt in such a situation and for that reason offer them some kind of excuse right we can use this kind of um, uh this kind of empathy to help us in excuse making right if i were there feeling the way they felt in that situation what would i have done right um yeah so i i think this person might be onto something that empathy can allow us to sort of learn more about certain situations than we might without it. Um, but then the person responding to them has some good points as well. Right? So should we turn there now? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so I'm not going to read the full thing. It's very long. <laughs> but uh, I'll note that they're more or less going to argue that there are some ways in which expressing this kind of empathy can go wrong or can be morally problematic. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'll jump in right away to their examples. Sometimes people express empathy in the wrong situation, and it is not polite or very caring. For example, if the conversation is about domestic violence victims, it is not the right time or very caring to go, well... The abuser probably had a hard life as well. Or, it must be very difficult to not be able to control your emotions. Uh, Because this isn't really the right place for such a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I'll stop here before moving to the second one. We can come back to the second one. Because there's a lot to say already. right? So, I think this is a very strong point. That... This notion that empathy should be applied universally could occasionally, at the very least, do more harm than good, right? If, for example, in your expression of your your expression of empathy is at the expense of being unempathetic to someone who does deserve your consideration, maybe it is harmful, right? So in their particular example, uh, being empathetic towards uh, the perpetrator of domestic violence could mean falling out of empathy with their victim, right? It might not be possible for me to at once feel empathy for the perpetrator and at the same time fully feel empathy for the victim, right? That might not be possible. And if it isn't possible, then I think it is a fair fair claim to make that, well, look, you're failing the victim then. You're failing them. Hmm. Well, there could be, yeah, I don't know. So there could be like two ways that could manifest itself. So you could have, uh, 
you know, you're, you're speaking with a friend who's a victim of domestic violence and you empathize with the friend, but also the abuser. Um, and maybe the empathy that you have for the abuser diminishes the empathy that you have with the, the friend, uh, the victim of abuse. But at the same time, it could just be, you know, the way they word this, it could be just a lack of tact. Like maybe it's fine to have that empathy, that empathetic response to the person who is morally wrong in the situation. But you know, you shouldn't bring it up. That's not a good situation sure. to, to, to say like to the abused victim that like, Hey, your abuser, like maybe yeah. you should empathize with them too. Um, but if it does interfere with the empathy, you should exactly. feel for like the more worthy individual than, yeah, that's, that's a separate issue. Yeah, you're certain you're, you're right that this person is going after the tact or the politeness, right? Or, or a, an acceptable expression of care, right? Uh, where I'm I'm going after something a bit stronger than that, which mm-hmm. is that, uh, a- as you put it, um, it might not be possible to have full empathy with a victim if you're also sharing that empathy with the perpetrator, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you are not feeling necessarily in the way that the victim does. You can't be. You cannot be, in principle, if you're also feeling in the way that the perpetrator is, right? And so there might be a decision that you have to make just in order to be a, a, a decent person uh, who you should empathize with, right? I don't think it should be the perpetrator if there is a if there is a choice to be made here. Yeah, well, there's, it seems like there's different degrees of this, like given the severity of the moral transgression Maybe that changes the calculus a bit because mm-hmm. you can think of something like less severe where, you know, you might have a friend who just every time you have a disagreement with someone, you tell them about it. They're like, oh, yeah, you're right. That person's wrong. Like, mm. um, they always take your side. Um, and sometimes that could be nice. It could feel nice, but like it isn't necessarily good for you to like develop as a person because sometimes you are wrong. Sometimes we all do sure. stupid stuff and. Uh, we're the wrong one, or at least we have like uh, things that we could make better in our, you know, interactions with other people. And so to have a friend who says like, yeah, I see where you're coming from, but you know, maybe you should like give the other person the benefit of the doubt or, you know, try to see it from the other person's perspective. Like that can be a good thing. But again, that depends on, uh, you know, if it's an abuse situation, like that's, you know, that's a, a very different yeah, so I think it depends on like the right. severity of, of what you're talking about here. Right. So I, I see where you're, where you're going, right? Like if you decide to cut off one party from any sort of empathetic response, then you might not understand the full situation, right? And, and you might not be faithful to the truth of the matter. Um, but like, as you also noted, these kinds of discussions kind of go out the window when it's about abuse, right? The most important right. thing in the case of a, of a case of abuse is to uh, get the victim out of the situation, no matter what the, the, the true nature of the situation is, right? The, your, your first impulse should be to support the victim. Um, right. And it does seem like empathy is like a kind of limited resource where, mm. you know, you, I mean, even if you try to feel empathy for everyone, you're not, like almost no one's going to succeed with that. You like, you typically feel the most sympathy for people that are close to you, like family, sure. friends and other people that are similar to you. Um, 
And so like following this person's argument, maybe yeah, having too much empathy, trying to distribute it too widely mm-hmm. is bad because you don't have enough for, left over for the people right. who really need it. Now, one way perhaps of pushing back on this idea, because if that idea holds and the question, should we have empathy for everyone? <laughs> it seems to be no, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one way of pushing back in order to keep us in suspense, uh, perhaps <laughs> you could argue something like, well, no, you still ought to have empathy for everyone. It's just that you ought not have empathy for everyone all at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, sure, you're right to argue that your priority is to the victim, right? Your empathy to the victim is of paramount importance, whereas your empathy to the perpetrator is of significantly less importance here and now. Um, But perhaps once the victim has been brought into a more stable state, they're no longer in a position where they can be as adversely affected by your uh, seeking to empathize with the perpetrator, then perhaps the the scale shifts a bit right towards uh it being permissible not for you to stop empathizing with the victim but to extend a bit more towards the other party right but only only when you know certain uh look objectives have been completed right like ensuring that the the victim is safe is no longer in danger uh uh feel supported etc right um, mm-hmm. so it's not the case that we get to say, no, there's some exceptions. Not everyone, not everyone should be empathized with rather. It's just that not everyone should be empathized with all at once. Right. Yeah. So maybe there's a, like a priority of, right. <laughs> you could think of like a priority list of like individuals who you should empathize with. Right. And like the people who, yeah, the abusers, uh, murderers, those people should be like the last tier, Mm. Um, which I don't know. I mean, would you ever get to that point? I mean, if you do have like a hierarchy of empathy, like Mm -hmm. would you like, it seems like it would be hard to like get to that point. Maybe like, maybe there's like, there's another argument I see, like sure. We could empathize with Hitler or whoever. Sure. Yeah. Bad person you want to talk about, but like, why not empathize with all the other people, like all of Hitler's victims, uh, at what point would you be done with your empathy and like have some left over for this bad person? Yeah. At what point are you ever going to get through the backlog of the many, many people who are seemingly more deserving? Right. Yeah. Especially if we're talking about like the Hitlers of the world. Right. Right. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a fair point, but still to kind of like wiggle around with the question, uh, it still comes down to there being temporal exceptions, but not in principle exceptions, right? So mm-hmm. the Hitlers of the world, for instance, uh, they aren't in this case then in principle exceptions. When you ask, uh, should we extend empathy to everyone? The answer isn't no, because Hitler existed, right? The answer is, uh, <laughs> the answer is, not all at once, because extending empathy to Hitler is far less important than extending empathy to those affected by him, right? Uh, so I still think there's room to wiggle here, right? There are temporal exceptions, not in principle ones. Even though you're right, <laughs> I think that some people are going to be so far down the priority, like people who commit genocides, for example, uh, that they'll practically 
in, in all practicality, they'll probably never be reached, right? Um, but they're still not in principle exceptions. Well, you and could also make the yeah. case that they actually do deserve priority because, you know, if you want, so like the first poster that we, or the, the, the first internet argument we, we saw, if you understand, want to understand the why, like why does someone do a certain thing? Like maybe people who are abusers mm-hmm. or are committing atrocities, like maybe they should be up on our priority because if we want to avoid something like that happening again, we need to understand why it happened in the first place. Right. Um, which in some way seems a little like gross because it, it, you would think that it's better to empathize with the victims, the people who are suffering rather than the, the perpetrators of atrocities. But maybe right. the understanding like could take precedence there. Uh, yeah. Typically. There's an argument to be made there. I think one way of building off of that is to suggest that this project of empathy, especially for the sake of like, understanding or learning why these kinds of atrocities are committed or whatever uh, should be thought of as a distributed project rather than an individual one, right? So uh, it's not the case that you, all of you and I individually are on the hook for having empathy for all people at all times. This, I I don't think anyone thinks is possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're talking about whether or not uh, everyone is worthy of empathy or something like that, okay, should we have empathy for everyone? The idea could be just that everyone should have empathy somewhere, right? You should have empathy for some people and be open empathy to all, right? But it, other people are going to do that work for you. Right. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to be empathetic to every single murderer out there in order to figure out why they did what they did. Right. But there is someone who could do that work. Right. We can divide the labor. Right. We can divide the labor. And that way it will become somehow, I think, less crushing. Right. Um, Still, uh, there are like studies that show people who are involved with being exposed to these kinds of crimes uh, routinely, you know, they, their mental health is not the best. So to put it uh, simply, right. So it mm. offloading the burden to other people, while it might still preserve an answer to the, to the question, should we be empathetic to everyone might still preserve the possibility of saying yes. Right. Cause we can offload it might still have problems, right? There might still be problems there. Right. And then there's the issue, the, the, in the first post we went over the, the first commenter seemed to suggest that empathizing with people who do, do bad things is somehow like that is bad. Perhaps mm-hmm. because you're like sort of taking away, you're diminishing. I don't know. They didn't make this case exactly, but some people may say that you're diminishing their responsibility. Um, you're taking away something from the, the terribleness of whatever they committed um, by empathizing with it, by trying to understand them. Um, right. So that might be another way to land on the no camp for why we should have empathy. Sure. For I don't, I don't know if I buy that argument. Well, necessarily. that leads immediately into the second point that this person made. So let's, let's read that now. Okay. Uh, they say sometimes empathy is also misplaced or questionably relevant and downplays their action, their action being the actions of people who have done wrong. 
Like when people go, aw, Ted Bundy probably felt really bad when his girlfriend dumped him for having no ambition. His dislike for women might have stemmed from that. Because it isn't really relevant. Maybe he did feel bad, but his reaction is so overblown that by extending that empathy, uh, we're extending some normalization and rationalizing an irrational reaction. So, uh, very similar to what you were suggesting, by extending empathy to cases like this, we might be downplaying the severity of what is done. And worse, mm -hmm. what this person is suggesting, uh, starting to normalize the behavior. If I'm going around putting myself in the shoes of the people who have committed these kind of grave offenses, well, then it might start to feel normal to me. It might lose the uh, like important moral valence that it had before, right? Like, no, this is shocking. This is terrible. Uh, we ought not to lose that. And so if empathy might cause us to, then maybe empathy is not for the best, at least in all cases. Right. Yeah, I think this is another example where you can kind of get... Uh like the you kind of get paralyzed so you can get paralyzed by empathy by like being overwhelmed by the emotions but you could potentially get paralyzed by it too but just saying oh, well i can kind of see why everybody does everything so like why should i care that this guy murdered this other guy or like mm -hmm. you know it kind of leads to this apathy um which you know i think that's interesting but i sort of i think the examples that they used with the ted bunny is maybe a little disingenuous because i don't think anyone's saying that because Ted Bunny's girlfriend dumped him. Like that's why he killed mm -hmm. uh, all these women. You know, there, there was something clearly wrong with him. Like, even if we don't know exactly what caused it, like it's, right. it's not a normal thing to do. Like someone who has a girlfriend dump, uh, dump them. It doesn't cause that sort of behavior. So, I mean, I think, um, so like it's, it's a more extreme series of events that caused his behavior. Well, that's so, what they're suggesting. Yeah. yeah. Is that, what he did as a response to whatever happened to him um, is not okay, right? But if we try to put ourselves in his shoes, we might allow ourselves to uh, be at least temporarily lured into thinking like, oh, I understand why he did this. No, mm. no, what he did was not a rational reaction, right? It was way out of line, right? So, um yeah right so with that reasoning it might be best to kind of just think of these sort of people like the ted bundys or the hitlers or whatever it's just monsters like just in this class sort of by themselves mm. and not like a person who had some things happen to them like it's it's better to think of them as this horrible entity that you shouldn't even try to really understand at least not emotionally like right. maybe like forensically for the sure you know, the good of preventing it in the future, but not getting too... This brings to mind, that. like, the, the conversation that, unfortunately, we continue to have to have about school shootings, right? Mm -hmm. Where um, there are some camps that want to say, uh, well, we can... It, it's terrible, they should not have done it, but we can empathize, we can understand why they did it. They were the subject of, like, bullying and ridicule, et cetera, et cetera. It's not clear, of course, that... In each case, that was true for mm -hmm. these people. But nevertheless, it's a move that people make, right? And then others respond to that saying, no, it is wrong 
to trying to empathize with this person in this way for exactly the same reasons we more or less just heard, right? That you do not want to normalize this kind of reaction to things like bullying or whatever. This reaction is not acceptable. It's far overblown, right? Don't normalize this reaction to those kind of feelings. Um, so it's a conversation that we're, we're seeing play out all the time, practically. Right. Well, I think yeah, it's been a little over an hour. Uh, it'd be a good time to wrap up. So on the question of, should we have empathy for everyone? Um, I think it's a little easier to make the case with that with like cognitive empathy. So just trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes to understand them. So like, I mean, that could be good even for the Hitlers of the world, like just for practical purposes to under, to try to prevent such things from happening in school shooting. Right. Right. Um, uh, Emotional empathy. I think it gets a little more complicated. It's a bit more dicey. Um, Yeah. Right. It might be the case that emotional empathy sort of allows us to appreciate the salience of, 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 of some morally valence thing, right? Like to, to actually put yourself in the shoes of someone else to feel as they do might be necessary to fully comprehend their experience, especially if you aren't, uh, if your lived experience is far removed from theirs, right? As in the case of like affluent whites, uh, when uh you know the lynchings are occurring in mississippi right right when emmett till's casket or his funerals open casket right um when your lived experience is so far removed it might be impossible for you to fully appreciate uh the importance of the problem if you can't uh find a way to empathize in this way but at the same time (laughs) We also saw some reasons for thinking that embracing this kind of felt empathy, this emotional empathy, right? Uh, you might be doing some something harmful as well, right? You could either do some kind of harm to yourself, right? There's only so much that you personally can take on. You might be doing harm to others. Like for instance, you might be uh, jeopardizing the status of a victim, right? If you're overly empathetic with an abuser, Perhaps you're failing them in some way and some other reasons. Right. And maybe there's a way you can have the right kind of empathetic response. Maybe you can train yourself to have, Mm -hmm. you know, like an emotional, emotional empathy. That's has all the benefits that we talked about, but not so much the detriment. So you better understand people, but not so much that it can kind of lead you to these more morally questionable areas and you know i don't know if if that's possible but right so i think a further complication that we didn't really have time to hit on comes in when you if you do decide no not everyone is worthy of empathy or no i don't have to give empathy to all uh how are you going to decide who's worthy and who isn't right Mm -hmm. uh who gets to count and who doesn't right it's it's going to be tricky to define a standard Anyone who's done anything wrong, and we've all done things that are considered wrong by some standard, right? Uh, So you'd be throwing everyone out. If you want to throw out people like uh, uh, drug addicts, right? There's going to be pushback, like from us, (laughs) as as we saw earlier in the episode. Seems like maybe that's too far. Murderers? Uh, I don't know, right? It's... 
it's going to become difficult to figure out exactly where you should draw the line. It seems pretty clear that like the Hitlers of the world are probably far less deserving, but mm. they're not all going to be so clear cut, right? They're not always right. going to be so clear cut. Yeah, some murderers had you know ev everything against them, like just growing up where they grew up in their environment, like mm -hmm. you know they basically had. You know, it's hard to imagine anything else coming out of that. So. Yeah, right. They're a better candidate than other types of murderers, for sure. All right. So, what's the what's the conclusion, Lewis? Um, uh, what's the what's the answer? Eh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, I would say cognitive <laughs> empathy. Yes. Emotional empathy. Eh. Right. That's where I would land on that. Right. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. So we more or less in where we always do. Um, uh, perhaps. Yeah, we perhaps. didn't solve the issue. Not this time. Yeah, not this time. All right. Well, uh, maybe we'll have better luck when we tackle whatever the next issue is. Um, right. But until then, yeah. see, you next see you next time. time.